The preceding message is brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Stay tuned after this message for more information about Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. In the mighty name of Jesus, oh, come on, lift your hands to God this morning. Father, we give a praise. <laughs> we shout hallelujah to your mighty name, to your glorious name, because we know that you are alive. <laughs> it doesn't matter what the devil might throw against us. It doesn't matter what we might see around us. We know that you are seated upon the throne, unmovable, unchangeable, ever committed to us, Lord. And no matter what we might see or feel or hear or experience, we will keep roaring. Hallelujah! 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 Glory to God. Father, we give you praise. Father, we thank you. Thank you, HOP. Thank you, God Almighty, because as we approach your word this morning we thank you because you will cause light to dawn upon your people like never before lord i declare none of me all of you speak through me let your voice be heard let your people hear the words that they need to hear for their now for their presence even beyond what i may say encounters oh god i ask that your people will experience this morning in the mighty name of jesus amen come on if expect and say hallelujah amen one more time can you just welcome one two three five people around you and you may be seated glory to Jesus amen how has your January been that was a fast January <laughs> Just like that, like Mrs. Badmore said, one, one part of the pie is gone already and never to return. So how has the January been? Okay. I know in church, we're expected to, you know, act like all is okay. <laughs> we're men and women of faith. Hallelujah. But the reason we come to church, one of the reasons that we come to church is to get changed, is to get transformed, is to just expose ourselves to the word of God, the power of God that is able to change us, that is able to bring about a change in our circumstances and our situations. So don't worry, if you haven't seen anything yet, we're still on the journey, amen. And God has a lot in store for you and I, and I trust God that this year indeed will be one of your best years in your lifetime. If you believe that, come on, say amen. 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 Hallelujah. And this morning, by the grace of God, I'm just going to be sharing some practical things that God laid on my heart as to how to ensure that we have, um, we maximize all that God has in store for us in this year, 2022. This year has been the anchor word that God has given us as a church, as a ministry, is that this is our year of recovery. And you know what? You know, the, the fact that um, as a ministry, we hear God every year. We, we, we try to tune ourselves to what God is saying for that particular year. Does not mean that the things that he has said to us in times past are no longer relevant. Hallelujah. 
You know, God, God, does not, God does not work in years. He doesn't live in time. Most of the time when he deals with us, our dealings with God are usually over a season, over a period of time. It's man, it's, you know, human beings that count days, that count weeks and months and years and all that. And that's why many times we get so anxious, maybe at the end of the year, or you haven't really seen the things that you expected to see and you are I mean, the devil wants to get you down, to get you discouraged. You must understand that God deals with you in seasons. So the fact that, you know, one year has come and gone, and you really haven't seen the manifestation that you expected regarding that specific word, does not mean that you should throw that word away. Amen. But carry that word. You know, in the book of Peter, the Bible was saying that you should add to your faith virtue and, you know, several qualities and all that. You take that word into the subsequent year. Because most times, even if you haven't seen the specific results that you wanted, we must understand that a process has begun. A process has begun. And unfortunately, many people, you know, they just throw away the word and invariably end the process. Amen. So what am I saying? Restart is still very relevant for us this year. Release is still very relevant for us this year. Refresh is still very relevant for us this year. And you know, I believe that it even provides a solid foundation for us to experience recovery. Amen. Because last year, you know, God would have begun to restart certain things in, 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 in your life and you might not have. You know, the Bible says that, when the, that, that the seed works by first of all bringing out forth the blade, then the ear, and then the full corn in the ear. Maybe what some of you have seen is the blade. Amen. Don't end the process. Keep focusing on the word. Keep holding on to that word. Carry it on into 2022. Don't end that process. And I tell you, as you decide to stay on that word, as you stay on the process, as you add to it the words that God has declared over us in 2022, the fact that this is our year of recovery, I tell you that this year is going to be a great one for you in the mighty name of Jesus. And that's why, you know, we need to learn to to take stock from time to time. Because when you take stock, you will see where you have made progress. You will understand the things that have worked for you. You will understand the things that may not have worked out the way you intended. And what do you do? You can take lessons from your mistakes. And the things that have worked for you, you can then build on those things and allow those things to then propel you forward in other aspects of your life or even if it's in that same aspect of your life. The experiences that we have, that we go through, you know, they are not for fun. They are not for fun. The things that God allows us to experience as individuals, the things that happen to us as individuals, we can learn from every single thing. Whether it's a failure or whether it's a success, or whether it looks, I mean, nothing is a failure until you label it a failure. Amen. You know, someone says that I don't experience failures. I only know how not to deal in a particular way, to deal concerning this aspect of my life. Because from every disappointment that you experience, you can learn something. 
You can learn something. And for every success that you have, that you have experienced, you can build upon that success. You can build upon that, that experience. Hallelujah. And you can reproduce certain things in your life. Now, let me say this. You know, I, I believe one of the things that God is doing in our lives in this season is that he's, he's focused on who we are becoming as individuals. Who you are, you are being as it were, and who you are becoming as an individual. You know, there's a, a general tendency, you know, when you talk about your expectations, when people talk about expectations, you know, there's a lot of focus on, you know, what you want to acquire, what you want to get, um, what you want to experience and all that, which is not wrong, you know. But more importantly, you must realize that who you are many times determines the kind of things that you attract into your life. Who you are at many times determines the kind of results that you can get. And many times God is focused on you as an individual, on building character in you, on transforming you into ensuring that, you know, the Bible says that, you know, we are, we are in a process where we are transformed into the image of God, into allowing that image of himself to be completely stamped upon you so that that is what you reflect wherever you go. Hallelujah. So we must begin to focus on who we are becoming. Who we are becoming. There is a type of person that you need to become to achieve certain results. To attain certain levels. There's a kind of person that you must become. You know, the Bible says in Galatians 4. Galatians 4 verses 1 and 2. Now I say... That the heir, as long as he is a child, does not differ at all from a slave, though he is master of all, but is under guardians and stewards until the time appointed by the father. An heir, say, child of a king. The Bible says that as long as he remains a child, even though he's been promised and he's been allocated, Half of his father's kingdom. The Bible says that if he remains a child, there's no difference between him and, his, and, his, and a slave. Because nobody is going to commit anything into the hands of a child. But the Bible says that there is a time appointed by the father. And that time is when that child grows out of childhood into adulthood, into the place of maturity. And when he gets into that place of maturity, then it will be handed over him the things that have been assigned to him right from the time he was born. Right from the time he was born. But until he, he becomes, until he steps out of childhood, until he becomes mature, until he becomes an adult, he would never ever experience those things, even though they've been destined for him. Second Timothy 2.20 says, But in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay, some for honor and some for dishonor. And therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from the latter, he will be a vessel of honor, sanctified, and useful for the master, prepared for every good work. There are vessels of gold, there are vessels of silver, 
would clay their vessels of honor, their vessels of dishonor. But it says that when a man decides to cleanse himself, when a man decides that this is the kind of vessel I want to be, this, I want to step out from, step away from being a vessel of, of wood, of clay. I want to be a vessel of gold. I want to be a vessel of honor. When a man decides that he will step away from those things, then he will become a vessel of honor. Hallelujah. The Bible also tells us about Abraham. Very familiar, popular story. You know, God promised Abraham he was going to be the father of many nations. But how many people know that the person, the Abraham that heard the promise of God the first time was definitely not the Abraham that gave birth to Isaac. A lot had happened. A lot had happened along the way. And the Bible says in um, Romans 4, verse 20 to 21 about Abraham, that he never stopped believing God's promise. For he was made strong in his faith to father a child. And because he was mighty in faith and convinced that God had all the power needed to fulfill his promises, Abraham glorified God. So once upon a time, this was a man that doubted the promise of God. That was so concerned, you know, that there wasn't any manifestation around him. But the Bible says that he became a person who was strong in faith. He became a person eventually over that period of time who began to glorify God. God showed him the picture of the stars of the heaven and the potential of what he could become. Amen. And every time he went out and he looked at those stars, even though he didn't have a child yet, the Bible says that he decided to glorify God. And as he continued to glorify God, he was empowered in faith until the point where he knew that there was no way that I am not a father of many nations. And I, and, and I know that, you know, God, God must have, have known that even after Abraham received his child, Isaac, that God, God had, had known that he was going to place a huge demand on him. He was going to ask him for that son. And I believe that the process that God took Abraham through, there were the things that helped to ground him in his faith and a covenant and his assurance from God that when eventually God made a demand on him for his son, for what he had believed for so many years, you know, he didn't have to think about it because he had become a different person. He had become a person that was assured of the power of God, of the covenant of God, of the commitment of God. He was not the same person, I mean, the, the man that God, that God appeared to on the, the first day that was doubting the promise of God. But he had become a changed man. He had become a changed man. So many times God is committed and concerned and focused on who you are becoming. And that should be your desire also. That should be your focus. That should be because that you will be the kind of person that can experience the fullness, everything that God has ordained and prepared and desired for you, that you will be the person, the kind of person that can actually experience those things and walk in those things every day of your life. Hallelujah. So in, so, so in taking stock of, of you know, the thing, our experiences, in taking stock of our past, in taking stock of, of I mean, the things that you know, we, we, we have seen in, in, in days and weeks past, you know, it's very important that we are able to reproduce miracles. We are able to reproduce those experiences. You know, your life should not just be, you know, a function of 
accidental discharge here and there. Amen. Glory to God. But you should understand, and I know that um, there are many things, like the Bible says, or like, like it is said, you know, you know, sometimes the ways of God we will never fully understand. But there are things that God allows you to understand. There are things that God reveals to you. There are things that God expects you to learn. And as you take those things, you know, we move from the realm of what we know and what has been revealed unto us to the realm of the things that we don't know and the realm of the things that will yet be revealed to us in the future. But there are things that we know. So what are the things that have been applied? What are the things that have worked for you? What are the things that you know you can look back that these things has brought me success? Begin to apply it again. Begin to apply it to other areas of your life that you want to see a change, that you want to see a transformation. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And you will never ever observe such patterns until you consciously, you know, sit down, look back, and take stock. Every single person has a testimony or testimonies. You know, we have, we have several aspects of our lives, and it's, it's very easy to focus on what I want now, now. The one that I, I, I desire to see, amen. That, you know, we lose sight of the things that are happening in other aspects of our lives. But when you learn to look at your life holistically, you can, you know, begin to celebrate your successes. Begin, and, and, and that's what gives birth to an attitude of gratitude, the attitude of gratitude. Gratitude is something that, you know, should be a constant in our lives. Those things give birth to gratitude. When you consciously take stock and you see, oh yes, I see what has happened in this aspect of my life. Wow, thank you, Jesus. Oh, I see what has happened in that aspect of my life. And then you can look at yourself and, you know, realize that I, I, I'm not that bad now. It's not all doom and gloom now. Amen. So look for things that you can celebrate. Look for things that you can be grateful to God for. Amen. And, as, and, and don't allow yourself to be consumed by, you know, oh, what you are, the, the things that have yet to be manifested. Glory to Jesus. There are things in your life that once upon a time, it was a miracle. But that now... It's a lifestyle. It has become your level. It has become your normal. And that doesn't mean that God is still not behind, that God's hand is still not the one positioning and fashioning and ensuring that, you know, what was once in your life a miracle, you know, has become normal. So that's why, you know, there's some things that, you know, don't just take at face value. Amen. Because it's not everyone that has been able to reproduce that miracle over and over again until it gets to the point that that is your new level. But that's what God expects us to do. That's how God expects us to live. Amen. The things that are miracles that you, you, I mean, you looked and you were like, wow, I can't believe this. Wow, really? Seriously? Me? They ought to become your everyday experience. Reproducing miracles. And we will never observe these things until you, you sit down and you just look back. Look at your life. Ask God to open your eyes to understand, to see his hands. 
Amen. And when you see that some areas that you have really seen the hand, hand of God, you've seen, you know, the move of God. What did I do? You know, how did God move? How did God operate? Amen. God, you did this back then. I know you can do it again. I know you can do it again and again. I know that you can multiply it. Amen. I know that I can see the same result in another aspect of my life. Reproducing miracles. Praise God. Life is a continuous journey. Life is a continuous journey. So you, you, are, you, are, not, you, are, not, you are not going to change and transform everything about your life in one year. I wish it happened that way, but life is a journey. And like I said, God deals with us in seasons. God deals with us in cycles. And so it's very, very important that you are able to focus. And, you know, what do I mean when I talk about um, focus? In being able to move forward, you must be able to focus. There are so many things that, I mean, if I ask people here, just randomly, what are the things that you would like to see this year? I'm sure people can reel out, you know, a list of 20, 50, 100 things if you give them the opportunity. Amen. But the reality is that, yeah, I mean, there are, um, there are experiences that we have, you know. There are interdependencies in life. Amen. There are people that have an impact on, on you one way or the other, either positively or negatively. Amen. And so not all those hundred things may necessarily come to pass in one year. And that's why I keep saying that God deals with us in seasons. And so it's important that per time you are able to determine, okay, what aspect of my life do I want to focus on for this month, for this season, for this half year, for this year? What aspect of my life do I want to focus on? And you determine what things that you are going to make priority in your life. And what do you begin to do? You begin to pray specific prayers around those, about those things. You begin to, to get knowledge. You begin to get wisdom. Amen. You begin, you know, many times and we, we just pray so generalize everything. And the general is, is okay. Amen. Because the Bible says that we know in part. And we only understand in part. Yes, so definitely there is the place where you commit your life to God. There's a place where, you know, you, 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 you consecrate yourself to God. There's a place where you just ask God, you know, to take control of every aspect of your life. And you should do that. Amen. Because like I said, you know, we only know in part. And you can, we can only walk by the level of light and the level of revelation that you have per time. Amen. But in doing this, you know, obviously you are depending on the additional light that God is going to be bringing your way as to what you should focus on, as to what your desire should be, as to what your aspiration should be, as to what passions that you should pursue per time, what aspect of your life you should focus on at each and every point in time. Amen. Because when you're doing that, you know, you can, because there, many times there's a there's a focus that is required, and many people don't give that focus. You are all over the place, running everywhere, trying to ensure that, you know, 20 contracts are signed at the same time, trying to ensure that 30 aspects of your life, you know, are running one way or the other. But when you dissipate yourself like that, you won't be able to give the focus that is required to ensure that things change, to ensure that things are transformed. 
Amen. So every single person, you must determine what am I, what's going to be my priority. And you're doing that by the help of the Holy Spirit. What's going to be my focus? Amen. So you do this for this period of time. And in the next period of time, then you can focus on something else. Hallelujah. Because when you focus on a specific aspect of your life by time, you begin to see the things that you might not have seen before while you were just generalizing your life. Amen. God begins to open your eyes and then you can see, oh, oh, I missed this somewhere. I need to do this. I need to get that contact, contract, um, contact. I need to start this. Amen. And those things happen only when we focus. So there are specific visions that God is going to place upon your heart. And focus on those areas. Focus on those areas. And then I believe that you will see greater level of results. Amen. You will see greater levels and accelerated recovery. Amen. So like I said, this is our year of recovery. And, you know, let's, I want to read to you a couple of definitions of what recovery is. Well, two definitions. The first one says that recovery is a return to a normal state of health mind or strength a return to a normal state of health mind or strength and the second one says recovery is the action or process of regaining possession or control of something stolen or lost i'll take the two again recovery is a return to a normal state of health mind or strength and secondly it's the action or process of regaining possession or control of something stolen or lost so on the one hand you know there, there might have been definite things that you've lost in your life that has been taken away from you in your life god is saying i'm bringing about a recovery Amen. I'm bringing about, you know, that, that there's a process that I'm starting that is going to ensure that you regain possession of that thing that was lost. And on the other hand, you know, recovery is when you are placed in a position where you ought to be. Amen. So it's not limited to where you have lost something. It involves repositioning you to where you ought to be. Amen. So perhaps you are, let me use this analogy, even though, I mean, it, it differs from person to person. Um, a child is 10 years old. And at 10 years old, one will expect that you are in primary, primary six. Or primary, yeah, primary six, primary five. But somehow, I mean, based on the circumstances that you found yourself in, at 10 years old, you are in primary three, you know? And God is saying that by, and you know, all the people that are your age mates, you know, they are somewhere else. And God is saying that, you know, by, by reason of the word of recovery, you know, I'm going to put you back where you ought to be. It doesn't mean that the person will just jump from, primary three to primary six, you know, but God can bring exposures to you such that the things that, you know, people that are at the level you ought to be are experiencing, where you are at that point, you experience those same things and you are not at a loss in any way. 
So recovery is God actually bringing you to the places where you ought to have been. Amen. And God bringing the things, specific things that have been taken from you, God is bringing them back into your life. Glory to God. Let's explore one of our anchor scriptures where recovery is concerned. Um, the life of David, 1 Samuel 30, verses 3 to 4. So David and his men came to the city, and there it was, burned with fire. And their wives, their sons, and their daughters had been taken captive. Then David and the people who were with him lifted up their voices and wept until they had no power to weep. Verse 8. So David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him, Pursue, for you shall surely overtake them, and without fail recover all. And verse 18 goes on to say, So David recovered all that the Amalekites had carried away, and David rescued his two wives. Amen. So here is David. He found himself in a position where everything he had was taken from him, even his wives was taken from him. And God gave him a word, you will recover all. You will recover all. You will definitely recover all. So what did David do? You know, the Bible talks about the men of David, the mighty men of David. And who were these men? These were hundreds. I think the Bible says that there were about 600 men. You know, and if you, if you read earlier in the book of 1 Samuel, the Bible says that it got to a point in David's life where everybody that was depressed, everybody that has been brokenhearted, everybody that has been stolen from, they all gather themselves around David. And the Bible says that it was this group of people that David then took to war. How on earth did David put together an army of depressed human beings? They were broken. You know, they could have been losers. Well, I, I mean, um, um, when, when people looked at them, considered losers. But it got to the point where they could actually take on an army, and another army of people that had come to raise where they were, taking away all their possessions, taking away all their property. Amen. So God told, told David, you will certainly recover all. But there were specific actions that David took to ensure that he actually experienced that full recovery. That army of men that he took, it must have been a solid army. Because we're even told somewhere else in that chapter of Samuel that some people realized that, you know, they couldn't join the rest of the army. About one third of the people decided to back out for one reason or the other. And it was only two thirds of his men that David was able to take and go and, and you know, went to fight the war. And then he got back every single person, every single thing, every single possession that was taken away. Amen. So David did not just fight anyhow. You know, they must have, have plans, they must have strategized, they must have calculated. Amen. After they heard God's word, so they had God's word and they had to put together a plan as to how they were going to recover every single thing that had been taken from them. These were men and men that David must have trained over time. He must have trained them over time. 
And so there are some systems that David had installed in his life already that guaranteed that he could work in certain results. If the people that David had gathered around him, he didn't take the time to train them, he didn't take the time to equip them, and at this time they were all still discouraged men, dejected men, defeated men, David would have certainly been on his own. He would have been on his own, despite the fact that God's will and God's desire was for him to recover all. But he had established and installed certain systems in his life by that time that ensured that he could work in certain level of results. Amen. So even the 200 men falling along the wayside, it didn't turn on him, it didn't shake him, it didn't move him in any way. Praise the Lord. So hearing from God is important. We must hear what God is saying per time. Amen. But then after we have heard the word from God, we must take action. We must move in accordance with that word. We must take that word and run. Amen. We must catch a vision in our hearts, catch a reality, catch an image of what God is saying per time and allow that image to propel you forward like never before. So there was a deliberate and an active pursuit by David before he eventually was able to recover all. I wanted to ask yourself, what is your pursuit going to look like in 2022? What is your pursuit going to look like in this year? Because the Bible tells us that David had to pursue and then he recovered. And I know that there are many people here that God is going to require of you a pursuit for you to experience the fullness of the recovery that he wants you to expect, um, um, he wants a manifestation in your life. Hallelujah. Yesterday, last week, Pastor T. Salah talking about, you know, exploring the riches of God's glory. You know, as sons and as, as daughters of God, there are things that God has already ordained from us from before the foundation of the world. What is the glory of God? The glory of God is all that God is, all that God has, and all that God can do. Now, ask yourself where you are, I mean, in your context, in your, I mean, within your circumstances and situations, if God were in your shoes, what would the glory of God look like in your life? If God were in your shoes, who would you be in the glory of God is who God is? What kind of person would you be? What God has? What would you see in your life? What are the things that you would see in your life? What are the things that would be your possession? What are the things that you would have in your life? The glory of God is what God can do. What are the things that, you know, God in your shoes will be doing and will be involved in? You know, we need to ask ourselves those questions. Because we are talking about the glory of God. The glory of God has been made available to us. Amen. The riches of God's glory has been made available to us. So you need, and that's how you begin to build images. That's how you begin to cast visions. Amen. To think God's, God's thoughts. If God were the one in operation where I am today, in my job, in my family, in my school, what are the kind of results that I will get on account of that glory? Because God's glory belongs to us. We're carriers of, this, of, 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 of the glory. Amen. And wherever you are, amen, God's intention is that you manifest his glory. 
wherever you are, whether you are, you know, a, a, a businessman, you know, whether you are a marketswoman, whether you are a, a homeowner, a homekeeper, you know, whether you are a student, whatever you are involved in, God's aim is that you manifest his glory. You know, Genesis tells us that when God made Adam, that Adam was, you know, the Bible says that, you know, let us make man in our own image. And the Bible says, in the image of God, created him. And what was Adam's job description? What the Bible tells us is that God told him to keep and to tend the garden. And how many of us know that, you know, the glory of God was reflected in that assignment? Amen. Bible tells us that Adam was the one naming all the animals, naming all, you know, the, 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 the living things that were available then. Amen. And those names we're still using now. Glory to God. So in tending the garden and keeping the garden, Adam was doing it by the, by, 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 by the backing of the glory of God. And so everything that we do, everything that we are, we, we, wherever we find ourselves, you must understand that God wants to reflect that image of his glory wherever you are. Amen. So by saying that, you know, that there are certain actions that are going to be required of you in order to ensure that you walk in the fullness of the promise of recovery. The January 22 confession that Pastor Dwayne just took us, you know, one of the phrases there says that I am, you know, I am um, protected from diseases and sicknesses of this world, amen, and I am supernaturally immunized, amen. So someone can sit down now and say, oh, okay, I'm declaring that I'm supernaturally immunized, and so therefore I don't need to be immunized from COVID. <laughs> you know, something happened, you know, sometime in, my, in our house last year, my daughter developed some, some symptoms. Um, I think we gave her some medication at home, but it continued, and so we had to take her to the doctor. The doctor ran certain tests, and he said, no, he didn't see anything. And he then suggested that we run a COVID test on her. So we ran the COVID test on her, and it came back positive. And so by the time the result came, I realized that, okay, some people had been in my house the, the previous day, and the responsible thing to do was, you know, to call them and to let them know that, you know, you have been exposed. <laughs> Even though I know that, you know, the covenant is working for us, God's promise is working for us, you know. And I made about three or, or four calls, and, you know, most of the people that I, I called, they were like, ah, okay, you know, no, no problem. We know that God's word is working in our lives. But there was this particular person. <laughs> when I called the person, the person was like, ah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I was wondering, you know, so I just, I mean, of course, I just had to encourage, I encourage the person and all that. So a couple of days later, the person sent me a message and said, just to let you know that I have some symptoms. <laughs> Okay, so I called, so I called the person and I asked. So I just asked, have you been immunized? And he said, no. Why? <clears throat> I was not convinced of the research and all that and all that. 
Hello. I said, see how I'm looking at you. <laughs> Which research did you do for crying out loud? What do you mean you are not convinced? I mean, when I had my, my three children, it was a no-brainer. Immunization. It was a no-brainer. So what, what are you saying? The people that know what they're doing about, they have said that, you know, this is the result, you know, this is what is expected to do, and stuff like that. And you're sitting down in your own tiny world, in your own tiny mind, you know, without any understanding or any knowledge. If it's that the guy had even gone to do some research on his own, it would have been a different thing. I said, eh, I'm not, I'm not convinced. I said, please, talk to yourself now. <laughs> I'm going to get jabbed. You know, so someone can sit down and say, oh, oh, yes, I'm supernaturally immunized and, you know, I'm not going to do this, I'm not going to do that. But I tell you that some, those are some of the ways that God has provided for us to experience total recovery. What if up till today we didn't have any vaccines? And of course, we all know that even the experts, they tell us that, you know, the vaccine is not foolproof. It's not foolproof. But then it is a step. It is the light that we have received. So we will walk in that light that we have received. Also while trusting God and declaring his word. But it's not that God has provided something. And you won't take a hold of the wisdom of the light that God has already provided. And you're sitting down there and you're saying, I am supernaturally immunized. I am supernaturally immunized. Let us be wise. <laughs> Let us be wise, men and brethren. Amen. So there, there are actions that you will have to take. Amen. Let me share another um, example also. Sometime last year at, at work, you know, there, there, there's something that for some reason had been eluding me for a long time at my place of work. You know, and at some point last year, I reached out to, to one of my pastors and I just discussed, discussed, you know, I just, you know, just opened up and I just decided to pour out my heart. Yeah. And my pastor recommended someone that I should just speak with and um, engage with that person. So I called this man and we had the conversation. We talked. And, you know, he mentioned some things about... Um, you know, people that might be in my category, a natural tendency to, to kind of pull back and, you know, which would naturally just restrict me from getting what I wanted. You know, some of the things that he said, I was like, okay, but I mean, I took them to heart and I just kept pondering over it um, over and over. So there came the time last year for me to sort of send in a, a report and to um, just an opportunity for me to, you know, to, to put in some justification. I had done that many times and, you know, I always took a humble approach. <laughs> so this time around, I just said, okay, I'm just going to do it differently this time. You know, what's the worst case? They will turn it down. But it won't be for lack of trying. <laughs> You know, so I just, you know, pushed for it this time around. I, I, I changed the way that I, I positioned this and I just sent it in and I just, you know, cast my cares on God. You know, that was one action that I took. So when it was time for um, the, when, when the report was, was reviewed, um, you know, one of my bosses that had to look at it, you know, he made a comment and he said that, Despite the fact that the, the circumstances were not favorable, you know, that 
he just decided to give it to me. And he mentioned, and he gave a justification. He mentioned, okay, oh, you did this, you did this, you did this, you did this, and you did that. And in my mind, I was like, wow. I mean, these are just things that I would have, have considered as, yeah, just one of those things, you know, in passing. You know, and he went on and on and on and on and on and said, yeah, you know, I'm going to take a hit on a number of other things, but, but for this one, I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to let you have this. And it just occurred to me that, you know, if I had just carried on, you know, in my usual self, you know, not, not um, is, is the word magnifying your office, <laughs> you know, if I do not get that word of wisdom that triggered an action in a particular direction, it will have been business as usual. It will have been business as usual. So there's some, you know, this year, 2022, we're not just going to sit down and expect recovery to come to us on a platter of gold. The Bible says to wage a good warfare. Wage a good warfare. And you know, the greatest arena where we wage warfare is in your mind, is in your thinking, is in your attitude, it's in the images that you have inside you. So some people, the only thing that they need to experience this year is just a complete reset of your mind. You don't even need any manifestation per se. Why? Because that complete resetting of your mind will have just set the platform for you for a lifestyle of recovery. Wage a good warfare. And I believe so strongly that there are things that God is going to be staring in our hearts. There are thoughts that God is going to be staring in our hearts. There are things that you might not have paid attention to in time past. That you might have ignored in times past. It's time for you to begin to pay attention to it. How does God speak to you? You know, many times we think, you know, God, it has to be one big word. It has to come as a vision in the night. It has to come as a dream. But God communicates to you even through your thoughts. It might not be a big word. But when you walk in the light of that which you know, when you take the first step, the Bible says that God's word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. God gives us enough for us to know to take the next step. And when you take the next step and the next step and the subsequent step, then you, I mean, the whole picture will begin to unfold before you. Amen. Glory to God. So definitely God is speaking to you. God has spoken certain things to you in times past. Don't ignore those promptings. Don't ignore those promptings. You might think that, oh, it's just my mind. You might think that, uh-uh, will it really work? It looks so ordinary. It looks so ins insignificant. But you need to take that step as an act of faith. You need to move forward as an act of faith. It might seem ridiculous. It might seem like, you know, there's definitely no way this is going to happen. Take that step. Act on the wisdom that you receive. It might seem foolish, but you've got to move forward. Amen. You've got to move forward. And there are many ways that God can open our eyes. The Bible talks about Daniel, that, you know, Daniel discovered by books. He discovered through studying, he discovered through research, he discovered through learning that we have been in captivity for too long. 
if he did not take time to understand and to learn and to study, only God knows how much longer the children of Israel will have been in captivity. So it, there are some things that, you know, you don't even have to wait for God to, to, to engineer in your heart per se, you know. There are some things that by learning, you know, we live in a knowledge environment now. For someone that is looking to scale up your business, for someone that, you know, is looking to pass an exam, you know, nobody needs to tell you that you must open your heart and your mind to knowledge. And as you open your heart and your mind to knowledge, God will begin to show you the specific, you will find those specific keys. Daniel was just studying and he realized that, oh my goodness, this thing should have happened ages ago. And he was like, what? And the Bible says he then set himself to pray. He then set himself to see God's face. By learning, just by learning, just by opening up himself to God's word and to knowledge. Glory to God. By association, by interaction with other people. You know, these things are going to come to us. These things are going to come to us. But by all means, amen, you know, we're not just going to sit down. and We're going to pray, oh, hey, we will pray like we've never prayed before. But we will not just pray, amen. We will take actions in line with our prayers. We will take action in line with our recovery. We will take action in line with the things that God is showing for us. We will not just be a praying people. We will be a praying and a doing people. A praying and a doing people. And someone, you know, will be asking, okay, what if I make a mistake? You know, you're not going to be the first person to make a mistake. You won't die from making, what's the worst that can happen to you? You will die. But you're not going to die. We're not going to die. Don't be afraid of missing it. Everyone has not missed it before. Every single person has missed it. Amen. The worst case scenario is that you will learn what not to do next time. You will learn how not to do next time. So, so you know, what, what, what I'll say now is that, you know, when you have, have, if you have something that, you know, you're not sure if it's God, you're not sure, you know, if it's, um, if it's just your mind, you know, that is playing games on you, you know, the Bible tells us to judge everything by the word of God and the peace of God. Judge things by the word of God and the peace of God. Philippians 4, 7 and 8 says, And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Verse 8, Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Judge by the word of God. Is it true? Is it honorable? Is it of good report? Amen. Does it, does it align with God's peace in my heart? Colossians 3.15 also says, Let your heart... Be always guided by the peace of the anointed one who called you to peace as part of his one body and always be thankful. So judge by the word of God. Judge by the peace of God. Let the peace of God be an umpire in your heart. And once the peace of God is there, you know, act. And God is not going to abandon you. God is not going to abandon you. The Bible says that the righteous man falls seven times. But what happens? He will rise again. 
He will rise again. But this year must not catch you folding your hands, people of God. This year must not catch you sitting down. What is your pursuit going to look like? Let that question ring in your heart this year. What is your pursuit going to look like? It doesn't have to be anything massive. It just has to be something inspired by God. And then you will even get results that, that, that you know, astound you. All it has to be, to be is, to, is, is a move that is, that is breathed on by God, that is directed by God, that has the peace of God, is backed by the peace of God. But don't fold your hands this year, and it's going to be different things for different people, because we have, we have different lives, we have different backgrounds, we have different futures, we have different visions that God has given us. It's going to be different things for different people. So don't judge your life by another man's standard. Let your life be judged by the standard of God. Amen. The final thing I'm, I'm just going to um, speak about briefly. You know, we talked about David. That David had installed certain systems in his life and around him that, you know, guaranteed his ability to work in complete recovery. There are systems that we ought to install in our lives for different things. You know, some people, all they need is to install a system of punctuality. <laughs> because they have lost so many opportunities because they are always late. I, li I was listening to you know, a gentleman during the week and he says that, he, he was saying that, you know, I can never be late for any appointment. Why? Because from the time I was young, my own father installed that system of punctuality in me. You know, some people just need to, to make that change, to just turn in their hearts, in just ensuring that, you know, this thing is not going to be part of me again. Make that turn in your heart and install a system that will guarantee that you are not, you know, punctuality becomes you. You is punctuality. <laughs> Amen. For some people, it should be as simple as just buying an alarm clock and setting up an alarm. You know, some people struggle with sleeping in church. Don't move too much. <laughs> so that nobody will know I'm talking about you. You know, one of the past um, um, summer blast meetings that where Reverend Victor came to minister, you know, there was, before the meeting started, um, he went into the lounge and he was drinking a cup of coffee. And, Pastor T, and he told Pastor T that, you know, these are some things that I just do to ensure that I don't fight my, with my... I mean, some battles are unnecessary. <laughs> I mean, you would think that Robert Victor at his level, at his stage, what on earth should he be fighting? Why should sleep be fighting him? But he, had, he has installed a system to ensure that this is not even a battle at all. Drink a cup of coffee. Very, very simple. Very simple. So there, there are certain systems that you just need to install in your life to guarantee that you can walk and experience that recovery. And I'm going to give a, a personal example. You know, I, I said when I started that, you know, there are things that you can learn from different aspects of your life and apply it again and again until it becomes a lifestyle and also apply it to various areas of your life. You know, and, you know God just had told me that I should just, you know, look back and, you know, however minor 
however irrelevant, you know, things that I had sort of experienced any level of progress and success. Just go back to some of the things that had worked and what I did and just begin to apply them again. You know, and you know, he just he just you know shined the light on this particular aspect of my life, and you know, I was amazed. You know, a couple of years ago, a couple yeah, a couple of years ago, um, after I had my 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 third child, I discovered that I had put on more weight than I wanted, and I struggled. I struggled. You know, tried to do some things, and you know, it just wasn't working. And so there was a time. There was a January of one particular year. When we went for, um, Pastor T and I went for vacation. And one morning I stepped on the scale. Hey! Jesus, about go. <laughs> you know, so I, t I, mean, I told myself I had to do something. And so before I came back to Nigeria, I had already made, so that I would not be tempted, I had made up my mind one program that I was going to do. A number of you might have heard of Clean Nine. All right, because a friend of mine told me that she had used Clean Nine and it worked, it worked magic for her. And so I was experiencing magic. <laughs> I was expecting magic. You know, so I had made up my mind that you know, immediately I get back to Lagos, I was going to do this and do this and do that. So I got the Clean Nine. And this Clean Nine, I know this sounds very ordinary, but you know, I know there are lots of lessons that God showed me and I believe that it will bless somebody. So this, this program expects you to be drinking something like aloe vera and some, and some shakes for nine days, nine days of suffering. I decided I was going to put in the work and I was so expectant, you know, because I kept to it. So at the end of the nine days, um, what happened? Maybe I lost two kilograms. <laughs> I'm, I'm serious. I'm serious, you know. You know, but you know, one thing I had done before, anyway, was I had set a target that, okay, this is what the scale is telling me today. This is where I want to go. And I just used a benchmark of my BMI. I mean, that's any simple target that anybody can use that. You know, I didn't want a weight level that will go beyond my, um, what's my BMI range. And so I set that target. And I made that go a focus, you know. So I started that. I, I did that. So at the end of it, I was like, ah, what is this? I was expecting magic to happen, and there was no magic. So I had two options, to kill the process or to believe that, okay, even though I haven't seen what I wanted, that something has started to change and then to continue along that line. So what I did was that, so I then, you know, decided to get a, a coach, a mentor, Someone that had walked that path and someone that had gotten results in their lives. So I signed up for this program, you know. Um, and I'm, 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 I'm telling you kids that you can walk, apply in every aspect of your life. Get, set a target, set a goal, you know. Get a coach, get a mentor. mentor. The Bible says that you should be followers of them who through faith and, pro and patience have inherited the promise. Who are those around you that you can see that have inherited the prom promise? Follow them. They know something that you need to know. So I signed up for a program, and um, at the end of the program, yeah, I saw some results. Still not, not there, you know. A couple of months ago, um, so a couple of months after, I signed up for another one. And, you know, it just means, you know, so for me, what that, again, you know, this was just looking back 
I was not thinking like this when I was doing all that. I was looking back and God was showing me. You know, so that action that I took, the second action that I took, does show that, you know, I trust the process. There are processes that work, that have been tried and tested. If you will stay with the process, you will get the result. The fact that you don't see the results you want in day one, day two, day three, once is a process that works and you work the process, the result will eventually come. I talked about, you know, the Bible says um, in Luke that, that when you sow a seed, it's first of all the, the blade, then the ear, then the full corn in the ear. So I signed up for another program, you know, the same thing. And I, I just kept seeing that I was making progress over and over again. And so I realized that, okay, so I mean, this sort of journey and like many areas in our lives, you know, it's not something that you, we, we want microwave results all the time. But once you decide that, you know, I'm just going to stay with the process, no matter how long it takes, I'm going to experience this change, I'm going to experience this recovery, and I'm just going to keep doing what I know and what I've, you know, um, what I've learned to do. Now, I took this further, you know. So at, at several, several months after, you know, I had already gotten to what I set, the target I set for myself. But I then decided that, okay, just because... I don't want to be tempted to go by my BMI in a few years to come just because I like food like that. So I like <laughs> So I set a new goal for myself. And this time around, I dragged an accountability partner. And who was that partner? My hobby. So I got him to sign, I mean, because I, it's, it's difficult, it's hard when everybody's eating something and you can't eat something else. And I don't want to be making sweet food for him that I cannot eat myself. So I, I co-opted him. <laughs> so I co-opted him in, in the plan and we did it together. So there was no temptation because we are aligned because there was someone I was seeing every day. Are you supposed to be doing this? Are you supposed to be doing that? We're accountable to each other. And so both of us went through, you know, the plan. And, and then I made progress again, you know. And finally, you know, you know I didn't have to go through um, any plan again. I went to several plans. But it got to a point where it's become a lifestyle. The kind of things that I eat and the kind of... And, and obviously... The fact that you have hit your target, you know, there's a place of maintaining, of ensuring that you don't go back to your vomit. You don't go back to where you were coming from. There are things that I do every day. I have a bathroom scale in my bathroom every day. I used to monitor myself. I used to monitor myself. You know, there are, there are, there are things I've installed. There are, there are systems, you know, of workout, things that work for me, you know, the kind of workouts I do and the kind of foods I eat and stuff like that. You know, I've just installed those things in my life and it works for me. And so God was just telling me that, you know, it was after I looked back, God opened my eyes and I was like, wow. And God was saying, you go on and apply these things to, you know, there are things that, other areas of your life to that. You want to see results, you know, set, define your target. What is it that you want to see? What is it that you want to see? Look for people that have worked that work before you. Look for people that have results in that area and join yourself to them. Find out what they have done and learn from them. And even if you don't see the result, trust the process. Do it over and over and over and over and over again. Keep doing it until what you want to see is a reality in your life. And even after you have gotten there, monitor and ensure that you don't slip back. Because the Bible says that the devil is going around 
looking for who is going to drag back. It won't be you in Jesus' name. You won't slip back into that position. So 2022 is going to be different for us all. You know, are we expectant? Are we expectant? Because God has given us his word, recovery, amen. And we are going to play our part, amen. We are going to take that word of recovery and we're going to wage a good warfare. We're going to do the things that God is showing us. We're going to take action. You know, it's not going to be business as usual, amen. You are going to sit down, you're going to dream, you're going to imagine, you're going to determine goals for yourself. You're going to specify what recovery looks like for me. What does recovery, I mean, you're not going to generalize. What does recovery for me, where I am, what does recovery look like for me in my circumstances? And we are going to take the wisdom and the light of God and we are going to begin to run. Hallelujah. Let's rise up on our feet. Oh, Father, we give you praise. Glory to God. Glory to God. Has someone learned something this morning? Amen. Amen. You know, there's, there's the help of God, there's the grace of God that is making available. But you know, Paul said that I will not receive the grace of God in vain. I will not receive the grace of God in vain. Paul said, I labored more abundantly than they all. I labored more abundantly because I know where I am going. I know where I'm going. It's what God has shown me. It's my dream. It's my vision. I know it in my heart. And therefore, I took that grace of God and I labored in that grace. I labored in that grace. And so this year, you are going to labor not in vain, but you are going to labor in the grace of God. In the grace of God. I want you to lift up your voice and just begin to talk to God. You know, I believe that more than ever before, God is going to breathe upon us. There are going to be stirrings within us. And like I said, it might not be in the mighty wind. You know, it might not be in the storm as it were. It might be just that still, small voice. It might be just that still, small voice, but you've got to pay attention. You've got to mag mag magnify that voice of God that you are hearing. God, re God reaches us. God speaks to us in different ways. In different ways. But I trust God that this morning, that you would recognize the workings of God in your own life. The Bible says that as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. God will not give us a word. God will not give us a promise prophecy and then abandon us but he will begin to generate desires in your heart hallelujah he will begin staring in your heart he'll begin to cause light to dawn upon your heart like never before he'll begin to bring about a strengthening and courage hallelujah and many times the way that God brings God brings strength into our lives is in our doing is in our doing. We don't just sit down there and expect that, oh, God's strength will just come upon me like a cloak in that manner. Sometimes it's as you go forth, as you step out, you will begin to see the courage from God. You will begin to see the boldness from God. You will begin to see the, the, the strength from God. And you realize that the things that you couldn't do before, oh, as I step out, I'm actually able to do 
them. I'm actually able to do them. This doesn't seem so big anymore. This doesn't seem so impossible anymore. Because God has breathed upon you. Come on, let your heart ignite. Let your heart be ignited in God's presence this morning. Let your ears be open in God's presence. Let your heart come alive in God's presence. Those disciples said, did not our hearts burn within us while he spoke to us? Did not our hearts burn within us while he spoke to us? God is going to cause a burning in some hearts this morning. As you open up to him, as you open up to him, as you open up to him, Come on, open up your voice, lift up your voice, open up your mouth and pray this morning. Pray this morning. It's important that you are seeing. It's important that you are being equipped. It's important that you are allowing God to cause a staring, a staring, a staring. Within you, that is going to ensure that you are well positioned. That is going to ensure that you become the person that you ought to be to experience the full breath of recovery that God has ordained for you in this season. And God is speaking this morning. God is speaking this morning. God is speaking this morning. And as He speaks, indeed, there is a stand. 
us because you won't forsake us. Ever committed you are. Ever committed to us you are. Oh, Reba la 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 basataya. No more failure. In the name of Jesus. No more failure. No more fear. A failure. No more fear. A failure. Because we find ourselves in you. We find ourselves in you. We have found in you. We have found in your grace. We have found your grace. your hands to God this morning oh Lord you are the one who never leaves the one behind and I declare in the name of Jesus that not one person will be left behind in the name of Jesus I declare that every single person here will be swept Lord into the place of pursuit until they see the manifestation of recovery thank you God for your voice thank you God for your breath and not strange to us oh God and therefore the things that you expect your people to do thank you because they see and they know and they encounter and they receive in the name of Jesus I declare that not one person will run in vain not one person will walk in vain I declare that they will find their place every man every woman every boy and girl will find their place will stand in their place will flourish in their place will bring forth fruit in their place will multiply in that place and miracles will be a lifestyle will be an everyday occurrence in the mighty name of Jesus father we give you praise because this is a season indeed of exploring the riches of your glory we thank you because we are walking in all that you have all that you are and all that you can do you in our shoes oh God in our circumstances and situations bringing about results bringing about transformation bringing about change on every side we give you praise and glory because we know that our lives can never remain the same again in the mighty name of Jesus the preceding message was brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. We are located at Kingsword Auditorium, Etel Avenue, behind NNPC Filling Station, First Bank Bus Stop, off Kudarat Abiola Way, Argun, Lagos. Email kmiafrica at kingsword.org. Telephone 
234-810-0000640.